what you are not. And you are not God. You're listening to the MOG Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG channel where we help you to see a real and practical Christians from God's word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Now, today we're going to be asking a question. Is the believer, the Christian, the man in Christ, is he a God? Alright. Now, this is a very common question, especially in certain circles like the charismatic circle. Alright. Um the idea that we could be gods now the very concept is that god is our father and if he's god then gods will give better gods okay we've also heard it like maybe lions give better lions ants give better ants man gives better man gods gives birth to gods something like that and um the verse of scripture that's used to say this a whole lot is john chapter 10 verse 34 so we're going to read from verse 28 down to 34 and then 35 to get a good context of what's being said by the way um it's nice to be on the platform again it's been a while and i'll be getting a few <laughs> inquiries like are you not going to release another podcast i said okay fine yeah you've got me i've been thinking about it so let me release another one so here it is so john 10 verse 28 i give them eternal life and they will never what perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand 29 my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand i and the father are one so this is jesus he says to the jews and the jews picked up stones again to stone him then he answered them and said i've shown you many good works from the father for which of them are you going to stone me for and they said oh it's not for any good work i stone you for but for blasphemy because you being a man make yourself god like <laughs> total heresy you know these guys are blasphemy they just like this blasphemy thing you know if you remember when jesus did the same thing with Caiaphas, as the high priest what did he do he said, this is blasphemy and toy shirt i just wonder where they used to find shirts in those days because the way they used to tear shirts is just unbecoming so he says you make yourself god right fine so verse 34 just now answers them is it not written in your law i said i said you are gods so he's saying if you're saying i make myself god why is that a strange concept to you did your law not say i have said you are gods now look at verse 35 if he called them gods to which the word of god came and scripture cannot be broken so he's he's basically saying look to those who this was said when he says i have said you are gods to those who this was said he says he called them gods. So, <laughs> what's your problem if I'm God? So, this is usually used to say, you see, that believers are gods, right? That we are gods. That God, that Jesus is saying, you are gods, all right? Um, but I, I think there's a very big problem with that idea, first of all, because, first of all, there's an audience already that, you notice says, if he called them gods to which the word came. So, Jesus, when he says, yeah, gods, he's not talking to the people that he's referring to, like people that are around there. He says, I've said, yeah, God, that's the same Pharisees who are, you know, funny enough, these are the same guys that he has called, uh, what, what's that thing called? These, they are the same guys he actually said, of your father, the devil, desire your father, will you do? So for him to say, yeah, God, he, he can't be talking to these guys. 
right? So the question is, are men gods? All right? Um, the audience is referring to, are they gods? Like, these are the questions that we're going to be answering in this particular episode. So, first of all, you can't really prove the idea that men are gods, all right, or many gods in scriptures. You really can't prove that. Um, in Bible study, we don't go into the text with our own ideas. We study it to let it reveal itself to us. Are you with me? And that's what really becomes a reality. So we don't go in there and say, oh, I have this idea and I want to be true. And I'll go in and, be, and start looking for support, looking for verses that are supporting me. And that's how some people preach. Where you go into the Bible with your own preconceived ideas or notions and then you're like looking for supporting texts or documents that you can use to make your case. But that's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to go investigate, go study the text, and then let the text bring its own conclusion. All right? Now, that's one way people, you know, interpret it. We are gods and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we are this, that. And, I mean, lots of people reject that. Lots of people love that and accept that. I mean, at a time, I've actually believed that. But, um, well, balance is beautiful. Let's just put it like that. Now, there's a second category of people who also, um, will I say, respond to John chapter 10, verse 34 or 35. All right. And they do it this by usually countering the first idea. All right. Which is that, ah, no, we can't be God. What do you mean by God? No. Do you know what God means? And, and they have a point in the sense that if you think of the idea of God, when you say God, like the way we think about it today, what God means in theological circles or at least in Christian circles and Bible circles is there are certain attributes ascribed to God and those attributes make him God and not you. For example, God is creator. God is omnipresent, is everywhere. God is omniscient, knows everything. God is also was all-powerful, omnipotent. So, if you're not these things, you can't call yourself God. Are you seeing that? So, that's how um, these people would argue and they say no. So, they go into the text and say, let's look again. And so, now, to do this, of course, you, by now, if you follow this podcast for the amount of years that we've done it, you know that there's something called a lexicon, all right? And a lexicon just basically contains um, information about the original word that the word you're looking at in English or whichever language maybe Yoruba or something was translated from almost English alright so it gives you the original one because your bible was not written in English obviously like Jesus did not speak English in his time they were speaking mostly Greek mostly Greek in the time that Christ came alright the old testament they were speaking mostly Hebrew and then maybe Aramaic and all that now so there is a need to sometimes go into the um text go into the original languages to find out what they were really saying what did that language mean why because when people translate a word from a language like greek or hebrew and they bring it into english now there there are problems because for example hebrew doesn't have comma doesn't have all those things and okay do you know that the hebrew um language doesn't have a word or at least ancient hebrew doesn't have a word for brain so you can imagine translating that, all right, into English. You will encounter some problems. So sometimes the translators do a poor job, all right? And so you have to, and so because of that, they make mistakes. So you have to go back to the original text to see, oh, what did this thing mean? And then get your proper, you know, understanding from that. Because 
If your Bible was not written in English, then English does not have the final authority over the meaning of a text. You can't conclude with English. You have to go into the originals. And this is work, guys. It's serious work. But that's Bible study. Bible study is not something that's just very simple. All right? Bible study, we're looking for accuracy. We're looking for... We really want to know what the text means. And what that means is going back. So that's how we honor God. It's, it's work. Glory to Jesus. Now, so, this lexicon... So these are the guys who make this argument that... Um, you know, uh, it can't be God. So they usually go into the lexicon. And then, you know, if you go to the Greek word for gods, right, is the word theos, all right? And, um, but if you look in a lexicon, you're going to see that the word translated, like that word theos, right, can have several meanings or several applications. So, for example, theos can mean um, deity or God or magistrate or divinity, basically. There are several words you can play with, all right? Um, like the point is that that word can be used in several ways okay um it's just like furniture for example i use the word furniture furniture can be used as oh this is where you sit down but you know furniture can also be used as the figure of speech is it <laughs> when you, you 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 say something like well my guy the way i sit here might as well be furniture what are you saying you're just you're trying to say that this guy the way you're looking dead or something like that so a word can have several applications and so in this case you can have deity or you can have magistrate. Magistrate like a ruler. All right? So, these guys, because of the idea that ah, we can't be gods, so they now gravitate towards magistrate. And it's not just here. If you go into the Hebrew, all right, and you see the word for God, and there are different words for God there. There's El, there's Elohim, there's other words. You see that one of the words that you can use instead of El or instead of God is ruler. So, this other camp would gravitate towards the use of ruler. All right, so they say that Jesus is saying you are rulers, right? You are rulers. That he's not saying that or judges, you are magistrates. You know, you are not gods. Are you with me? Which is fine. All right, we are going to look at um, whether that argument actually holds water. So now, um, let's go back to the text. Now, Jesus couldn't, of course, be calling any man um, God because, as we said before, gods don't have certain attributes or sorry men don't have certain attributes that can only be attributed to the most high god okay um by the way there's a reason why he's called the most high god anyway let's let's dive in let me not get ahead of myself now if you go back to the text verse 34 all right remember we said that there is an audience he was referring to he says that's in verse 35 actually if he called them gods to whom the word of God came. So, there were people, there was an audience he was addressing and those are the people he called gods. Are you with me? So, that means Jesus is saying that the Most High God actually called some other guys gods. Now, the question is who are these guys? Because there is an assumption here on both sides, the people who believe we are gods and those who believe we are just rulers or magistrates or judges both of them believe that the audience that God is referring to is men. And that's a wide assumption. Very wide assumption. Are you with me? If you are going to understand your Bible, you don't want to assume, you want to be certain. So you keep on digging till you find the truth. So the question is, who was the audience? Who was the audience? Now, before we even go there, another reason why it's, I'll not write off the bat, it can't be magistrates or judges he was talking about is because they wanted to stone him for calling himself God. So, if that's the case, then how can he now be referring to, like, oh, 
it, it can be ref- like the gravity. Of, he can't be if he said, "I said they are rulers," or if he called himself a ruler, then they would have. Why would they stone him? But he called himself God. So the argument here would be around this God matter, not judges or magistrates. So you can't use that to say that. All right. So now the question is. Who was that original audience that Jesus was referring to? Who are the people that the Most High is calling gods? Because when he says in your law, there is actually these people that, you know, God talks to and says, I have said you are gods. Does he not say in your law, I have said you are gods? Who are these gods? Who are these guys that he's referring to? Okay. So the Lord there actually will be referring to the scriptures of the Old Testament. How do I know this? Because Luke 24 verse, um, if you go down, Shah. It talks about the fact that um, Jesus will say, um, these are the things that are written in the law, the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And if you know what that means, you're just referring to the Old Testament or what we call the Old Testament or erroneously called the Old Testament because it's actually much more than something old. It's not obsolete. Okay, so back to this, okay? Um, What was Jesus quoting? Where was he quoting from? in the scriptures or what you call the Old Testament. Where was he quoting from? And I'll tell you, he was quoting Psalm 82 verse 6. Okay, so let's go there. Psalm 82 verse 6, I have said you are God's sons of the Most High, all of you. So it's a whole crowd. So again, who is he referring to? Well, to understand this, a good Bible student will always go to the context. So for those of you who are new, the context is just looking at the verses before and the verses after. At least that's what we call textual analysis or context or whatever. Now, this is Psalm 82 and verse 1 starts like this. It's actually just eight verses. Okay, so it's something we can go on like very quickly. Verse 1 says, because verse 6 is where the issue is, you are God. That's where um, Jesus was quoting from. But we're just going to read the whole thing because that's where the understanding comes from. Now, verse 1. A Psalm of Asaph God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. Mm. So, we have God here in the midst of God, <laughs> which is interesting. Quite interesting, okay? Um, verse 2, how long will you judge unjustly? So, the picture here is that God has taken his place in the divine council. So, there's like a, like a court proceeding going on here. Um, some people would even call this God of heaven. And so, he has taken his place, he's the most high God, in the midst of these other gods. Alright? And there is a judgment, because the Bible says he holds judgment. So there's, there has to be an audience he's judging. And verse 2 says, How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Selah. Give justice, that's verse 3, to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Verse 4, rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Verse 5, they have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course or shaken. Verse 6, I have said, you are gods, sons of the Most High, all of you. Verse 7, so here... When he says you are gods, all right, he's actually referring to them as sons of the Most High, all right? But then look at this. Nevertheless, you like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. So, first of all, we have to realize that this can't be talking to men. 
this is a man. All right? He says, God says, you would die like men. So, if you die like men, that means you're not men. Which is just really common sense. All right? Number two, if you look at this, God has taken his place in the divine council. So, this divine council, or in the midst of the gods, this obviously seems to be referring to a supernatural set of beings. All right? They're supernatural. They're not, they're not men. So, God is amongst other um, gods or if you see verse 6 he says you are God's sons of the most high so you can also call them sons of God he's among other gods or sons of God and then he is passing judgment on some other people or some other beings also called sons of God or called gods alright so these are not men right out the bat these are not men glory to God these are not men so what's going on here like what's going on here um how are we going to decipher it what like are you saying there are other gods <laughs> didn't calm down let's go back to the text okay so why is god saying or referring to others as gods why, why is that happening right now the answer or the secret is in the word that god uses when he calls them gods all right because um, when it says, I've said you are gods, or um, verse 1 where he says, in the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. So, which, which word is he using? Okay, so there are usually, there are several words that are used for God in the Old Testament. Alright, um, one of those words is L, E-L, okay. Um, but one of the words that is more occurring is Elohim. That is where you see the word gods. All right, it's the word Elohim. Many times it's the word Elohim. All right, and then you know, we have, of course, it's our favorite um, Elohim song Elohim, Adonai, Elohim, and all that. So, we are very conversant with Elohim, like Elohim means God. All right, and um, God is also referred to as Elohim, obviously. So, God, the word God, all right, is the word Elohim. Okay, so um, let's see how Elohim is used. Okay, throughout scripture. Because obviously we're seeing Elohim being used, all right, El or Elohim being used for beings that are not the God that we know. And they're being called gods. So let's investigate. All right, so look at 1 Kings 11, verse 5. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and other, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Amorites. So the word goddess there. Right, goddess of the Sidonians, goddess is the word Elohim. All right, Elohim. So it's a pagan god or an idol that is called Elohim. Amos 5 26. You shall take up Sikuth, your king, and Kiyun, your star god, hmm, star boy, your images that you made for yourselves. All right, now. The idea that star god, all right, the god there, the god in star god, is actually Elohim. So you can see another hidden god or idol is being called an Elohim. Genesis 35, verse 2. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign Elohim, that's gods, that are among you, and purify yourselves and change your garments. So you see, again, Elohim is used. For the foreign gods, or to refer to as these foreign gods. 
Exodus 20 verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. That word, that God, God there is the word Elohim. Alright? Now, let's look at another category. Heavenly being. Psalms 8 verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Verse 5. You have yet, or yet you have made him a little lower than the Elohim. Now, Elohim is the word translated, but actually the word that is here in my, my version, I'm using the ESV Bible, is heavenly beings. Right? So, heavenly beings here is actually the word Elohim. You have made him lower than the Elohim. Alright? And crowned him with glory and honor. Alright? Judges 17 verse 5. Then the, And the man Micah had a shrine. Alright? And he made an effort on household gods. Right? And ordained one of his sons who became his priest. That word shrine actually is the word Elohim. Alright? I think as well as the word gods. Or the word God. So, you are seeing already that Elohim seems to be, how will I put it, is a word that is being used for many different things. In that God, uh, whether you are looking at heavenly beings, whether you want to call it angels or idols or, you know, it's being used in a very, very broad term. It's not just being used for Yahweh, that is the most high God. Alright, now look at this one. This would be very interesting. 1 Samuel 20, verse 11. If you remember the story, this is the witch at Endor, all right? Um, the, so the story goes that King Saul at this point, um, God has turned his back on him. God isn't answering him and there's this war with the Philistines. So he's desperate to get some um, information. So he turns to a witch. Now, these are people that he has outlawed, all right? He has outlawed them um, from the land, but somehow he finds a way to get to this particular witch. And so he tells the woman, bring up Samuel. Now Samuel has died. Remember, Samuel is the one who anointed him king. And Samuel is dead. So he says, bring up Samuel for me. Now verse 12, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. So the question is, what happens here? Well, you see, the way this is a medium. Sorry, not just a witch. It's a witch plus a medium. Now a medium is the type that what they do is that they are supposed to invoke or bring up the dead they can talk to the dead and all that stuff which is just a very big con <laughs> it's a very big lie i don't know if you've seen those um movies no is it movies yeah movies but these ones are started on dstv that uh, they have all these shows where you just have this medium who is talking to the dead talking to the those people who are supposed to have passed and then you just see somebody receiving a lot of relief like um she's talking to her dead husband and then the husband just has information that only them know and all that stuff and it looks like oh my goodness wow so my husband and all those things um but it's all nonsense it's all false it's demons you know these guys are serious con artists um your bible actually clearly tells you they are familiar spirits all right uh and and so what obviously by the name they are familiar they know you so <laughs> so when these people um do their medium stuff the departed person it's not that departed person is, is talking no it's demons who have gathered information over time so they can give you information personal information and all those things and you're like oh my goodness my husband but no and don't do that because if you go there you know satan never gives you anything for free first of all he will deceive you then second of all he's going to take advantage you will live there with demonic spirits so don't do that so the woman was shouting here because she's used to just when someone comes and says uh uh, bring up my dead husband or my dead wife or my dead uncle, you know. A demon is what will now appear and then begin to give her information and all that. So they know how it works. But this time around, 
she invokes like the person and the real guy shows up <laughs> like the real guy shows up and she screams it's just because he knows that that guy will only show up first of all because of god number two that guy will only show up to talk to someone like saul you get <laughs> so she's like you are saul you deceived me the king said to her don't be afraid what do you see and the woman said to saul um i see a god coming out of the earth oh what it's right here. It's I see a God. Actually, is I see an Elohim coming out of the earth. So Samuel here is described as an Elohim, as a God. Say, uh, Pastor Isian, but uh, then that means we are gods. Calm down, brave. Calm down. Be calm. All right. Take a take a chill pill. Take a walk. That's not what he's saying. <laughs> all right. That's not what he's saying. We're going to come back here. Like, what's going on here? Why? Why is, why is Samuel being referred to as a god? All right. Why are heavenly beings being referred to as god? Why? Are, why is a shrine being referred to as god? Or um, yeah. Why is all this? Why is all why are idols being referred to as god? Why are they all being referred to as Elohim? Well, I think it's obvious from this study that Elohim is a word that is widely used and mostly refers to disembodied spirits in other words elohim is not a person in quote elohim is a realm it's like um in that realm you have angels you have like spiritual beings beings with no with, with no physical body so why samuel is being classed as an elohim is simple he doesn't have a physical body anymore he's dead so his spirit has left his body so that spirit that form or state he's in Alright, he is called Elohim. So Elohim now, now see see what's going on here. In case your head is already spinning, like, oh my goodness, what, what is going on? The problem is this. You see, for us in the 21st century, alright, being influenced by the Western world and everything. When we say God, we mean one thing, God. Like we mean G-O-D, the big one, the big guy in the sky, the high most high God. We mean that. Of course, when we say gods, we also mean these other guys like that we believe are not real. All right, Hercules and Co, Zeus and they're like, yeah, those are just, just myths. But we know there's just one God, and rightly so. However, you need to understand that that word God, to the old Jewish readers or writers or the people who compiled this Bible, to those guys, when you say the word God, God was a a word that had many different applications. All right. When you say God, they are thinking of um, is like a generic word. All right. Like that's why you have to probably qualify who you are talking about. Do you understand? Uh huh. So that's why you may have things like God of Abraham. You, you qualify the God they are referring to. Why? Because many things fit into that God description. Are you with me? Like many words fit into that Elohim. So it's Elohim. It's a realm. In that realm, it's uh, talking about different kinds of spirits. So it's basically Elohim just refers to spirit beings. So God is an Elohim. Are you with me? Because he's a spirit being. But you're going to see that he is unique among the Elohim. He's not like the other Elohim. Right? Which is why you see things like Psalms 89 verse 5. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. Verse 6. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among heavenly beings is like the Lord? Are you seeing that? So, what they are saying here is this. That there is there are heavenly beings, there are many beings, but who can be compared to the Lord? Are you seeing that? So, Look at verse 7. A God greatly to be feared in the council of the holy ones and awesome 
above all who are around him. So, clearly, it's telling you there are many Elohim. There are many heavenly beings, but among them, there is one who is above all. There is one who is feared. There is one who is unique. There is the one who made everyone else. Are you seeing that? So, <laughs> it's this is what we call changing your thinking. It's to change your mindset about that. Are you seeing that? So, if we come back to Psalm 82, it is clear that man is not who is being referred to, but spirit beings who rule with God. Alright, that's a different topic on its own. I'll, if I have the ginger, I'll do that. Um, we're going to talk about sons of God, like because those guys, who are those guys? Sons of God, though. We're going to break down the whole thing right, in a later episode. So, now, let's go back to the original text. Alright, so it says from verse 31, okay, so if you, let's just, from verse 28, I give them eternal life and they will not perish and no one will stand them out of my hand as Christ talking, verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. Verse 31, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. He, Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good things from the Father. Of which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered, It is not for any good thing that you are going to be stoned, but for blasphemy because you being a man make yourself God. How did he make himself God? He said, I, first of all, he called God his Father. Number two, he said, I and my Father are one. So in other words, he's saying, I and God are one and the same. In other words, I talking to you, I'm God. So, they say you are making yourself God. You that is a man, how can you be God? But look at verse 4. So Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said you are gods. He called them gods to which the word of God came. So what's going on here? Alright? What's going on here? Well, first of all, we've seen who he's referring to. So so they are saying, How can you be how can you a man say you are God? How can you call yourself God? He says, But but what's the problem with that? Oh, doesn't your law call some other guys gods? Alright? Guys, gods who are not the most high God. Are there not other beings referred to as gods? But from the statements he has made earlier, he's also telling them that, look, but it's not just that. I'm actually the one true God. I'm the most high God. There's no problem. Others are called gods, but among all of them, I and my father are one. <laughs> that is, among those other gods, I am unique. I am over those other gods. I made those other gods. I seen that. So in other what he's just doing, he's giving them both barrels. <laughs> you know, he's just saying, "Oh, you put things." Just you're just arguing with the God, but no, no, I'm not. It's not just that they're other gods. I am the <laughs> the most high guy. Are you seeing that? So that's clearly what he's pointing to in this text. So the answer to our question is: Are men gods? Well, obviously not. Do you get? Obviously not. We are not God. If you are now, it, it also depends on what you are referring to. What are you referring to? Are you referring to the divine, like the most high God? All right. If that's the case, we are not. Now the question is: Are we mini gods? Right? Are we small gods running up and down like these other sons of God? Well, we're going to look, explore that in another podcast. All right. <laughs> because obviously, even in the class of the Elohim. Alright, if you say, are we Elohim? Well, you saw that Samuel, one Samuel did not have a body. It's an Elohim, just a spiritual being. you get. But among the gods, among the Elohim, who is like him? There's none like Yahweh. There's none like him. So in that sense, we are not gods. 
Are you with me? But in another sense, we are spiritual beings. We are Elohim. So, in a further episode, we're going to dissect that and expand on that more for better understanding. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed that particular explanation. Um, if you did, and you should, alright, you can share this podcast, give it to other people, help them to understand these concepts, and I'll be with you guys next time. God bless, have a wonderful day, and bye-bye. If this blessed you, or you want to say hi, or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram at pst.essien, pst.essien. Also, if you've been blessed and you'd love to support what we do here at MOG Podcast, then you can give to 0106-207-685. I'll say that again. 0106-207-685 GT Bank. God bless you.